I, Charles the Fourth, those are the third. That we will If you win my Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to the special first ever live podcast where each week I ask the question. What the Right, now they've given up. This is the point. The government has given up, haven't they? They've just decided to trash the place now with the year or two they've got left. Next week, Nadim Zahabi will be fined for breaking into a van and nicking all the tools and then sending them to a lock-up garage in the Cayman Islands where the price of chisels doubles every three hours. And then he'll say it was an honest mistake and he was just a bit careless and everyone does it so you can fuck off. And then, and then film will emerge of Grant Shapps as a pimp in the doorway of the Department of Transport pleading with passers-by. Hey, come here, come here. No, we got you. No, we have beautiful civil servant for you. Here, we give you... We give you good time. We give you good time. We have sexy civil servant. I give you a nice office. Nice office. This is a nice office where we have ordinary for a nice girl. Yes, this is why we can't have talk with Mick Lynch because office always very busy, very used. I give you good price. Like, well, this is true. One Tory lord this week wrote an article suggesting that students should have to take a tolerance test before they graduate. And if they prove they're not too woke, they'll get a discount on their university fees. <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> and that's genius. They'll come up with loads more ideas as imaginative as this. They will. Dominic Raab will propose that you get 10% off your water bill if you're sexually aroused by Suella Braverman. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Jeremy Hunt will tell us 30% of the marks for English literature degrees will be awarded for barbecuing a wall's pork sausage. And the contract for providing morphine to the NHS will be awarded to James Cleverley's furniture. And he'll say, this is an honest contract that will benefit the public as my sideboard has already achieved astonishing results in providing saline drips. And this morning, my shades long bought three packets of Lemsip from Boots. And then Rishi Sunak will announce the woke brigade bullied him into not wearing in his seatbelt by shaming him into not travelling by private jet. So it was their fault. So from now on, he's going to fly everywhere by private jet, including round his own house. And if he wants some cheese from the fridge, then he will get in his private jet and fly to his butler, who he'll tell to open the door. And... <laughs> And then he'll turn up to the coronation in a Formula One car. And then Tory MP Andrew Bridgen will be awarded a world record for breaking 153 separate parliamentary rules in one morning, including the ban on big game hunting in the House of Commons. When he shoots a rhino and gets Jacob Rees-Mogg to film him, stood over it during a debate on VAT reform. And to address the shortage of beds in hospitals, patients will be sent to Rwanda. And... <laughs> And what's most impressive about all of this incompetence and chaos is it's so expertly linked across all the different wings of the British establishment. So you hear stories such, it has emerged this morning that the General Synod of the Church of England granted Boris Johnson permission to hold a sadomasochist evening in St Paul's Cathedral. <laughs> the Chief Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police provided the handcuffs and then the Chief Admiral of the Royal Navy lent Mr Johnson a trident nuclear sub 
submarine so that he could threaten anybody who claimed he'd been there. And the governor of the BBC is recorded as having given him 50 quid in the afternoon, saying, go on, son, enjoy yourself. <laughs> This week, uh, Beyonce did her first live show in five years, and it's fair to say that it's divided opinion. Uh, now, I'm not an expert on Beyonce, but luckily we have someone with us who is George Galloway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it to you, <laughs> Beyonce. Your recent musical offerings are poetry, fair compared to the magnificent canon that you delivered as part of the group Destiny's Child, with such iconic songs as I'm a Survivor, a peon to the anti-imperialist struggle's immortality, with its perspicacious and prophetic lyrics, I thought I couldn't be strong without you, but I am wiser now. A reference, no doubt, to my own relationship with the British Labour Party. <laughs> Furthermore, your husband, Mr. Jay-Z, whose surname, no doubt, stands for the Mexican revolutionary Emil Zapata, <laughs> has refused repeatedly to respond to my requests for a collaboration with him by remixing his song 99 Problems with my own lyrics that would go problem number one, land reform in Venezuela. <laughs> Problem number two, the lick-spittle nature of the Scottish National Party and its repellent revisionism. <laughs> Problem number three, the repeated refusal by Debenhams to hand over a refund for a faulty hairdryer. <laughs> Despite it having no doubt 40 components. <laughs> under the spurious argument that it has gone into liquidation. That, Beyonce, is why I shall not be listening to your new songs on the album Renaissance and shall instead spend the evening watching reruns of Play Your Cards Right <laughs> on Challenge TV. Now, has anyone who's listened to this podcast, has anyone has even ever, ever tried to... No, I got that in Portugal, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, it's George. It was George got that out in Portugal. The, uh, uh, it's impossible to work out what the fuck is going on, even to start working out what the fuck is going on without expert advice. And we're very lucky to have with us tonight to offer such advice, Suze Kempner. And, uh, Hello. So, so you've been on this before and offered your advice. Yes. And uh, so, what, what? How would you describe yourself? Comic <laughs> singer or other form of entertainment? Um. Oh God, D that awful thing. We go. I'm an entertainer. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it? It's horrible when people. Do it's. Uh, I'd have got a, I'd build around the house this morning. Yeah. And he went. So what do you do then? <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's like, oh, my whole life is now just reduced to just a pathetic. It's like you become nine again. Like, except probably that's probably what it's like in public school. What did you right? Describe your purpose, boy. Yeah, it was like that. Except they'd have no problem describing what they are, would they? There'd be no hesitation. I sort of apologetically go, oh, I'm a comedian, but I also sing. And they yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. No, at least you got that. I can't, you know, <laughs> this bit, <laughs> this building, but I wasn't around, I wasn't there when they come. And, uh, uh, and so I'd said that, because I'm so utterly disorganised, right? So, they come yesterday morning with all this like wood and stuff. I don't quite know what they're doing, but they come and they and, and they went. Is there somewhere we can get in the house? And when I spoke to them, I said, "Oh, yeah. Well, there's a sort of bit at the bottom you can get. I'm sure there's a little path or something. I'm sure you can get up that." And I thought oh, I better go and talk to the woman whose house it is down there at the bottom and ask her. But I forgot. So. <laughs> So they, they just rang me and went, you sure we're all right to get in here, Mark? We round. It's yesterday morning. I was in Oxford. And I thought, oh, fuck, I forgot. I said, I'm sure. Is anyone there? Don't look like it. I said, oh, they're, they're, it'll be all right. And then 20 minutes later, the bloke went back. She's gone fucking mental, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone fucking, she's nuts. Can you hear her now? Can you, get her fucking out of my garden. And, I, and I said, he said, I fucking don't know what to do, Mark. And I said, oh, well, is it, it's there now. And I, I know, but I fucking... I, uh, I, she said, get out right now. I said, well, it'll take 10 minutes to get it all out, out of your garden. <laughs> so we're going to pass it through. We're going to leave it there. And then, uh, and, and then he went, and she's gone, you haven't got 10 minutes. I said, well, I can't just fucking magic away, love, can I? And, she, and then um, and then she come round again this morning and she was stood in my garden. I've never seen this one before at all. It's quite interesting watching how, as a sort of one of them little things, a little self-help thing on how to resolve disputes and conflicts. Not this woman, right? She just stood there. You discuss it, and I—I I didn't know what to say in that. And I said, "Well, what's your name?" Oh, she said, "I don't. I'm not telling you my name. I'm not going to be your friend." And I—I I couldn't help but say, "I can see that the odds against that are lengthening." And, uh, <laughs> and then she—and then she went, "Can you imagine what it's like to just have someone standing in your garden?" And I said, "I can, to be honest, because you're standing in mine." And she. <laughs> And you know, you know, you can't. And she went, oh, you think you're so fucking funny. It was fucking, and I did. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And I can hear, I can hear the builder and Elliot, who will be on in a minute, right behind me, Gavin, fits of the giggles. It was fucking magnificent. I wish it, I'd like to hire her out. What a start to the day. This was at eight o'clock. She, like, excellent security for any event. Like, you wouldn't mess, would you? Amazing. See, seeing off a bunch of builders. <laughs> and my, and my neighbours on both sides hate me and my mum, and we've all, all like, there's two on that side, two on that side. There's me and my mum in the middle, and um, like, we've never been anything other than completely polite to each other, but we all hate each other. And like, I've been in our garden and heard the neighbours on one side slagging us off through the fence. No, what they say? <laughs> they hate our cats. But they kind of blame us for the cats. 
The cats, they're, just, they're going to walk through your garden and they, they might shit in it. But there's really nothing I can do about that. Is it a cat or is it a jaguar? <laughs> How can people get that in a state about cats? They were really like, oh, and they, and they let them come through the garden and we've seen her out the front. She always parks her car out the front like, like that. What do they... I don't, I don't know, what does the audience think about this? Neighbourly disputes I find so depressing because I sort of think... <laughs> You know, when Public Enemy said the world is bigger than your block, that, uh, sadly, I think these people don't listen to Public Enemy. <laughs> but it's fucking bigger than your block. Is that all your troubles? Is that the cat? Pretty much. And we heard them do it and we were like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then we saw them out the front the next day. We were like, hiya, morning, like that. Oh, that's even worse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you'd want them to at least poison your fish and end up on ITV's Neighbours from Hell. <laughs> so, I, when I saw you uh, the other day at Shappy's school, oh, yeah, which yeah. was brilliant. And there's a bit you did that I thought was so full of truth and so funny about uh, a, se- a school assemblies. Because, and I love what I loved about it because I, I, my memories of school assemblies are not cheery really I just remember stood there going Lord God made us all and we're not even fucking grateful but you've got a much cheerier memory of them well so my school I went to a, a like quite a secular primary school but it was the early 90s so we still had to do hymns and that but also our headmaster Mr Lee who I think had some stuff going on at home to be honest <laughs> he also used to get us to sing other songs oh and we didn't have hymn books we had um, clear plastic acetates on an overhead projector with the lyrics up there and like seven year olds have to really concentrate on what they're reading so it was like just loads of kids singing like that and they're seven so singing a little John Lewis voice but our headmaster Mr Lee liked to hear all the seven year olds sing we'll drink a drink a drink to Lily the pink the pink the pink um, and snooker loopy nuts are we we're all snooker loopy and he used to get us to sing um, oh uh, right said Fred have another cup of tea that one and he was you sing that yeah yeah and, all up on and we wouldn't get taught these songs it was just the kids Kids in the year above knew them, right. and we'd sing them often enough that by the time you were in year four, you were like, let's show the reception how it's sung. Um, and he used to get us to sing that song that goes, Who football crazy is football mad, which has got a lyric in it where he obviously just wanted to hear a load of seven-year-olds sing, he kicked his wife out of bed and swore it was a goal. Um, so, yeah, we used to do that. But we also did hymns, so it, like just lots of seven-year-olds going, we love you, Jesus, yes, we do. Jesus' love is pure and good. It's like a horrible sight. I think seven-year-olds singing to words on an overhead projector is a horrible sight, is uh, where I go with it. But I make it cheerful, don't I, Mark? Yeah, very yeah. cheerful. But Jesus, <laughs> I think Jesus would have, if he just come back, he'd go into schools and he'd go, what the fuck are you doing? What, are you, what is this? Fucking rubbish. Yeah. It's having fun. Yeah. It's like how all, um, until this series of The Crown, every depiction of Princess Diana was just like, 
<laughs> when like Princess Diana went partying with Freddie Mercury and stuff, she probably did loads of coke. She, <laughs> she was probably a fucking laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's perfectly legitimate to say that all sorts of members of the royal family did all sorts of class A yeah. drugs on this podcast and not have the slightest fear. <laughs> <laughs> that there will be any repercussions at all. That was the last in the series. What the fuck was going on? They'd like that. They'd like me saying... If you wish to contact any of the people responsible for the programme, they are in Belmarsh. Where they all are eight million pounds. I think Jesus, like our die, was a laugh who did loads of coke. <laughs> so, so they should depict more of that in hymns. Yeah. They did in Lord of the Dance, didn't they? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. Do you think he could turn water into coke? <laughs> Yeah, that's the tra- it's the the ancient language translation apparently of like um, Mary, uh, what we read as virgin. It was it just meant young woman, right? right. So that like that. So that's lost in translation from the ancient text. So similarly, it wasn't wine. He turned the water into it was coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's from the ancient text. Oh, at the Last Supper and <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay, no. I'm going to be up all night, I'm going to tell you that, Jesus. <laughs> and no wonder he's denying he existed. Bloody hell. Yeah. Was Pete, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm Jewish, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this is something we, we, uh, we must talk about. The, the good people of the Metropolitan Police. Now, uh, this was, um, over the last few days, obviously it's an utterly utterly gruesome horrible story that this uh, another copper has been uh, just guilty of the most appalling sexual crimes we've been but just the bit that i found fascinating which sort of suggests there's a reason why they can't really deal with it is was the words that were used about it was unbelievable they said mm-hmm. this um this was a spokesperson for the met it's I, this is unbelievable. Right. It's unbelievable that the thing that happened a while ago has happened again. Right. It's right. unbelievable. The sun came up this morning. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's aren't there like 800 other cases they're looking 800 into. 800? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, is 800 more. Unprecedented. <laughs> so they use the word unprecedented mm. for, for all 800. So when yeah. they get to like number 600, there's another. Another unprecedented oh. one. Unbelievable. Unprecedented. Yeah. As if there's one not guilty of anything, they could go, well, that's unprecedented. <laughs> but that, what are we supposed to do about this then? Well, yeah, there was um, a, a the newspaper headline where it was like, advice if you're approached by a lone policeman. Like, this is... <laughs> Run like fuck. Like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Well, it's not. I don't think it's very normal, this country at the moment. If you're approached by a lone policeman, run for your life. Do nothing that he says. Do you remember when the advice was after that Wayne Cousins? It was like, flag down a bus. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Any, well, I suppose there is some logic to it. Flag down anybody who isn't a police. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything. Trapeze artist, <laughs> dustman, hairdresser. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, but it, it is a sort of, what do you think? Because 
What I find, this is genuinely what I find uh, sort of puzzling. There has been some change in the police. This is not, you know, over the last 30 or 40 years, there have been all of these sorts. They all go on courses and all that, don't they? About, and they'll sort of, they'll be advised not to use certain words and they'll be on, they'll have gone on all sorts of anti-sexism courses, but Mm -hmm. maybe they should have the one don't, Sexually assault women. Yeah, maybe. Maybe That's if the missing they have the one. language later and the don't sexually assault women. I think though those courses probably do more harm than good because it galvanises them to like roll their eyes about it to each other across the room probably. So then they're like, let's let's show them and do some more assaults. Uh, yeah. Ha 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 ha. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a game show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> So, music in in right. Just I'm just trying to. Uh, I, I could try if now if I was Richard Madeley, I'd find a link between the two. <laughs> so I wonder probably if, uh, women or something yeah. is the problem. I wonder if um, any of the uh, police, while they're uh, assaulting women, uh, sing. Anyway, coming to because uh, <laughs> I'd always you know if you're being assaulted, you know at least there's a, a little bit of uh, music to take your mind off things. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Um, God. <laughs> More of that. <laughs> um, so, do you think, like, so a lot? What what you do when you're doing your in your comedy? So you mix very much the sort of two things of music, which is very different from what some people do when they do. Like now, I'm doing a comedy song. Oh yeah, I don't do any comedy songs in stand up. I did for a while. But I was such a bad songwriter that it would be like, and now we get to a song and everyone would go, oh, no. Once they'd heard two of them, if I got to a third one, they'd be like, oh, this won't be good. So now I just do comedy about singing, but also involves singing. And uh, it's really hard to pitch that to people in the industry because they all do what everyone here is doing, which is go, what? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but oh, I can see that because comedy, there aren't many comedy. Well, like, yeah, I'll write, said Fred, your teacher was onto something there. Yeah. Comedy song. There aren't many, are there? A lot of comedy songs are terrible. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I saw um uh Goldie Looking Chain the other day, who I'm a big fan of, right? Goldie yeah. Looking Chain for people who don't know are sort of hip hop. Uh they're sort of joke hip hop, but they're really good at it. But they uh, and they're, they're all their songs are about Newport in South Wales, they're very much Newport and they had a song when the when there was an uh, an outcry saying that rap was causing um was causing crime was causing gun crime they did a song called guns don't kill people rappers do mm. and they also had a song this is from about 1996 called your mother's got a penis oh yeah uh, and uh, it was strangely ahead of its time wasn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very woke song, actually. <laughs> the government will be furious. They won't be getting their little grant, will they? Uh, so well, we, we will be seeing you later on, Suze, because Suze is going to help us with some of the questions that I hope you've been filling in. But for now, please, a huge round of applause, please, for this Suze Templar. The 
Tories are continuing to do disastrously in the opinion polls and some Conservatives are starting to think that the only answer is to bring back the ex-Prime Minister. One of these is Tory MP Nadine Boris. Nadine, do you honestly believe that the Conservatives should bring back Boris Johnson as leader? Too fucking right. Bring him back now. Right now. Not just as leader of the Tory party. We should bring him back as king. Boris Johnson wasn't the monarch. He was my king. (laughs) And who does that American cow think she is? Coming over here and taking our prince. She's worse than Amy Ledbetter down at the Grapes. Swanning in from St Helens and marrying Harry Dave the Bouncer. Now they've gone off to live in Newton the Willows, the stuck-up shithouses. Do you not feel that Boris Johnson is discredited? You're the one who's discredited. You should see what they've written about you in the box. I heard you shat your pants at Kelsey's party when a fella came out of jail. Took her three days to mop it up with the lemon and the vinegar. So you really believe that Boris Johnson is the answer? He's the answer to everything. He should be the Archbishop of Canterbury. He should be the new presenter of CBeebies. And he should be goalkeeper for Everton, not Jordan Pickford, the shithousey little shithouse. Oh, what the fuck is going on? Thank you so much, all of you, and any of you who uh, are uh, Patreon, lovely, beloved Patreon supporters. Because of you, of course, that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you want to uh, to join these wonderful, virtuous people, just follow the link on the Twitter page. Go to www.patreon.com. There might be a dot in there somewhere. You'll know where it is. And type in what the F is going on. I've probably sent you to a completely different... You'll now go on a different thing and become an evangelical. Inuit. I, uh, <laughs> anyway, you know the rules. For £4 a month, you get a longer ad-free version of the episode. Uh, well, or you can come to one of the live ones. I mean, you know, the next live one, we'd probably have to have someone coming in from uh, British Aerospace and try to sell you some chemical weapons. Uh, uh, to join the WTF community. Well, this is the point of the podcast that people really enjoy. It's the announcements. There's announcements every week. People love announcements. I don't know what announcements there are this week apart from the fire exits, which were... And we're fucked, haven't we? Look, we're all... There's, you know, there's so many of us, and if there's a fire... There we are. But we're English, so we can laugh about it. Americans would be... Oh, there'd only be three allowed in here, but we don't bother with our health and safety. Fine, nonsense. That's why we won the war without them. So... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the point though where so there are oh if people oh yeah because people will be listening to this I'm doing a tour you can come and you go why would you go as if anyone's going to come after seeing this the uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'll go to Stafford and Stratford, but not even in other places. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I've got some questions that the audience has very kindly uh, handed which handed to us about what the fuck is going on. And so, uh, a huge round of applause, please, for Suze Kempner, who's going to come and help us answer some of the questions. <laughs> So, here's your, how are you, how are you for sort of, um, you're getting pretty adept now at working out what the fuck is going on. Here's, yeah. here's a question from Stuart Smith on Twitter. And he says, and I think, you know, bearing in mind the news of this week, what is your most, in inverted commas, 
careless moment during your career? My careless, becoming a comedian, some might say, was a careless moment. Oh, this entire well, audience it, agrees. We should just, uh, just, just explain. So this clearly is like, because this is Nadim Zahawi said that it was careless of him to sort of not pay the 3.7 million. <laughs> I know, I know just to say, how can you say it and not, when he was having, like, you can't say it. And just to say the actual thing, when they were having the meet with the lawyers, with the guy, when Richie Sunak said to him, how are you? going to explain this and he went I'll say that the 3.7 million was careless and oh Richie Sunak is the only person in the country who would go yes I think that sounds plausible <laughs> everyone else would go fucking careless 3.7 million you twat I got <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah when have you been similarly careless like this oh, fiddling in joy well I I had a I had an amazing like pinnacle moment of career end of 2018 I had I got to sing at the ENO English National Opera and they said at the end of the show take your final bow and then step back because the curtain will come down right <laughs> so I remember it had gone so well and I took my final bow and then I went and I've remembered to step back and I was really proud of myself and I stepped back and behind me was like a wedge monitor and I fell over it in I had a long dress and big heels on but I fell over it and it was wedge shaped so I sort of fell over it very slowly and then slid down the back of it there's nothing I could do and then the curtain did not come down so <laughs> That was quite careless, wasn't it? Even though I was trying to be so careful, but I, I literally stepped back like this. <laughs> like, fell back very slowly. It was wonderful. That sounds quite plausibly careless, though. Yeah, that's... I mean, it, it's, it's not as good as, oops, I forgot to pay 3.7 million in tax, but maybe I should earn more. <laughs> and I could carelessly forget to pay I that much. Fiddles in jobs are are a huge part of the job, aren't they? So I remember, like, everybody fiddled. Does people still do? I mean, it's a long time since I... But, you know, I had jobs back when jobs were like... The jobs I had, I was a milkman, or I don't know what you call that now, but milk delivery person, whatever it is. And there'd be... Uh, uh, and I worked in petrol garage and stuff and in offices with Clark and stuff. And this was actually a huge moment in my life because I thought I'd been told, oh, once you leave school, you won't be able to, There's no skiving and fiddling. You know, all of that ends. And I thought, no. Oh, this is terrible. And then I was um, I was a messenger uh, at an office in London Bridge. I used to have to take these sort of documents and parcels to the docks in Tilbury and stuff like that. Or not Tilbury, uh, um, oh, I don't know, can it, somewhere. And uh, I think it was Tilbury anyway. But, and then and I used to get there as quick as I can and think, oh, God, I don't want to get in trouble for taking too long. And the bloke who did the job before me come up to me once and he said, how long is that taking you to get to Poplar? That was it, to get to Poplar. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there and back in an hour and a half, honestly. And he went... I used to make that last two and a half hours. <laughs> said, You're going to get me right in the shit. <laughs> and it was a moment where I thought, oh, the skiving carries on. Oh, this is the most wonderful moment. And you can get away with far more than you ever could at school yeah, in a yeah, job. Yeah. Like, there's no, I had a job for five years working in archiving for a legal firm uh, for, for minimum wage. And um, I could make six to seven hours of my working day I could spend on Facebook if I just made sure my face was going like this all day <sighs> looking at the computer screen going like that then people just assume ah oh, she's working she's trying to sort out a serious problem and it's usually just arguing with someone on Facebook 
I had a job in the, uh, the richest I've ever been in my life. When I was 18, I worked in a petrol garage. And this, honestly, I've never been so rich because this lorry, uh, this fleet of lorries used to come in from a, a carpet company. And they would, uh, they'd say, right, fill it up. And it'd be like 40 gallons of diesel. And they, there was just a sheet. This was how undigital the world was. There was just a sheet of paper with the carpet company's name on. And you just wrote 40 gallons of diesel down. And they got charged for that at the end of the month. You just sent it to them. And so the drivers would go, stick us down for 45, right? You'd put 40 in, but you'd put it down for 45. No one's going to know that little bit, mm. a difference. And so the... The, the till, the, the books of the garage are now five gallons in credit. So we'd share that out in monetary terms. We, <laughs> me, me mate and the driver. And there was about six or seven of these lorries coming a day. And then people, they started getting greedy. Put five in, stick us down for 70, you know. Like and, I, and I was absolutely rolling it because I, I, I was living I had no money nothing to spend no kids mortgages I've never ever been so rich and I do remember that on a, on a Friday the boss had come around with the wages and I think oh I forgot all about them <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bonus <laughs> careless just careless <laughs> John says, the signs on tube trains state, please look up to check if anyone needs a seat more than you. Remember, not all disabilities are visible. So he asks, how does that work? That's a really good point. So look up to see if someone's disabled because some disabilities you can't see. So you have to look up and go, you don't look disabled, you must be disabled, mate. Do you want to see? It's going to take ages. Excuse me, are you disabled? No, it doesn't matter. Excuse me, are you disabled? What? Oh, he's deaf. Go on, sit down. <laughs> it's a very good point. <laughs> oh, now, this is a really difficult one. Uh, how much is a pint of milk? Uh, in, in brackets, most politicians don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I always... I go, huh, oh, hey, don't... They're so out of touch. And then I'm like... I don't know, is it a coin or something? You'll, I reckon you'll, you'll sort of, you won't get much change out of 82p. <laughs> what do we reckon? Yeah, 80p. 80p? Oh, it's 82 South London because it has further to go. <laughs> <laughs> we only drink soy milk here anyway. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, someone says we don't drink soy milk here. Very, yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, and Neville. Kite, I think, on Twitter says, what the fuck is going on with podcasts booking live shows in venues that hold roughly the same number of people as my, as my nan's living room? <laughs> yeah. Well, Neville Coit, I think that if your nan's living room is this size, then I hope that she cuts you out of the inheritance. <laughs> Thank you very much to all the people who asked questions and to Suze Kempner. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, nobody who has ever seriously tried to work out what the fuck is going on has been able to do it without the voice of the youth. And for that reason, some 26 and a half years ago, I bred someone for that very, very purpose. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Elliot Steele. 
So, um, a pint, then? Yeah, I'm on my third. This has dragged on a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel sorry for these two fucks. They've just watched the back of your head for a whole show. I don't know what... I'm supposed to fucking go. Well, move the chair back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you remember every week you come in and you go, my audience, oh, this podcast is doing really well. We get a really young audience. <laughs> let me let me tell you now, you best hope the Western Russia sort out this UK problem. Otherwise, not everyone's going to be here next year, man. If, if they can't afford their heating bill, it's fucked. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, sorry for being in the in the wrong location. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I wanted to go to bed. What the fuck? I'm, why am I here? I'm used to I'm used to playing uh, big venues. You see, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you guys don't see on the podcast. This is what gets edited out. I'm like, oh, I did my first yeah, I did my first hundred seater the other night, and then my dad will go. Yeah, I'm doing like 600 in Derby, but yeah. No, no, I don't. Don't make out that I'm abusive like that. (laughs) Don't fucking ask me for nothing till you're doing a 600 seat theatre in fucking Derby. You should be ashamed of yourself with your 100 seater. (laughs) (laughs) The comedy abuse. It's what? Oh, 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 fuck, man. I was like, yeah, it's Leger, isn't it? I was calling it Les Gets. I was out doing some ski gigs, and then it turns out I was going on going to Les Gets, and anyone who's French, I go, I don't know where that is. And it turned out it was called Leger. <laughs> <laughs> some years ago, I don't know how many years ago, 10, we were walking around, is it Lidl in South Norwood? No, it was Audi. I know what you're going to talk about. (laughs) It wasn't 10 years ago. It was like three as well. (laughs) And the question was asked of me, what's a manga toot? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember remember when we were meeting uh, Sean Walsh in Bristol? And he was like, uh, I'm in Lezeguana. The place was called Lezeguana. I went... Oh, what's, what's that place called? Lizzie Guinea. <laughs> and you just uh, really sadly went, oh, fucking hell, Elliot, it's Lizzie Guana. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Spanish. That is quite odd. Yeah, there is. Well, there we go. I didn't get the masculine or feminine right on it. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, that, is, that is quite odd. But Les, Les, it was never likely to be Les Getz, was it? <laughs> <laughs> There is no, there is no, not the faintest understanding of French. You raised me, what the fuck? How's this my fault? Oh, no, no, you're all right, it's my it's entirely my fault that you pronounced Léger, was it Léger? Léger, Léger, as Les... Les gets for some for some reason some bloke from West Ham came over here and set up a ski resort in his own world. Is Les still running out fucking ski slope? Uh, and he helps. He probably gets fed up with it. I called it Les Gets after me, and they fucking all come, all the tourists come here and go, Oh, we do like coming to Les <laughs> Uh, so what I wanted to talk to you about, right? So you're doing really well at the moment with bits that you do on TikTok, Instagram, things that my generation struggles with. I'm not with. doing well on TikTok. I'm on my third strike. 
What's that mean? I don't know. But it means the CCP ain't happy with us. That's what it basically means. Who are they? The Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> what, they run TikTok? Yeah, basically, like, it turns out TikTok was set up by the Chinese Communist Party to help, like, cause, like, you know, Western descent. <laughs> and I was part of that. <laughs> I, was, I was causing Western descent. And did the Chinese Communist Party pay for this? No, not well. <laughs> <laughs> you think they would. <laughs> but no, they're, they're, they're not happy because uh, I did a couple of videos that they were like, nah. So now my, my, my account is like shadow banned and stuff. God, I, that French you're talking about is a considerably easier language to learn than this one you're talking. I got, yeah, Leger's looking pretty fucking good right now, isn't it? <laughs> Shadow Pan. So, so does this re so if you if you persistently put something on TikTok about uh, supporting the protest for democracy in China, for example, I weren't even that. Uh, no, I, I can't imagine. I, no, you I had doing a that. cigarette. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, they, they weren't too happy that I wasn't a one China comedian. Um, I accidentally called it Taiwan in a video and that was it done. But yeah, no, they're, they're not happy with their, so like you get shadow banned and stuff. So I'm on my third strike and they're like, you, you're, you're on a warning. Yeah, Does that, what do you actually warning. get a warning? Yeah, 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 I'm on my third strike because I'm on my, like, I've got three strikes and they're like, another couple when you're out of here. And how long does that last? Is it like a sort of um, speed camera thing? After three years, it, it goes away. I, d I don't know if um, if the Chinese Communist Party <laughs> are as forgiving <laughs> as someone who's caught in a, doing eighty-six in a seventy. <laughs> but yeah, they're not. They're not thrilled. They've sent like messages to my accounts, so now my videos are all like shut up. And do they save for the reason? Okay, all right, this is going to start a bit mad, but bear with me. Right. A, one of them was promoting harm to children. <laughs> and just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just a joke on a thing that someone reported it for. And then, so that was the first strike. Is it that they don't want you to harm children because they want the children fit and healthy so that they can get them to make trainers? <laughs> It might be something like that. It was it was a, it was a joke I did, um, and I, it was in a stand-up set, and I put it up, and then they were like, "Well, this goes against the community guidelines." And when right. I said the reason, I was like, "All right, well, that's that's fair enough. That's good community guidelines." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like the second one, I didn't really know, and the third one was over because I was speaking about Andrew Tate, even right. though I was against Andrew Tate. Right. They were like, "You've mentioned Andrew Tate." That's against community guidelines now, even though for about a year and a half, they were very happy to allow Andrew Tate to promote Hustlers University, which he may have, may not be using as a money laundering scheme for sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for people who aren't, uh, uh, well, do you want to, because not everybody may be aware of Andrew Tate. Well, innocent until proven guilty, but, <laughs> but it's looking pretty guilty, I'm not going to lie. He is... <laughs> He has not done well. He has kind of set up a lot of websites detailing how he would do human trafficking, being caught supposedly doing human trafficking, and then going, ah. And he has, has... didn't do it. It was just a website about um, how you would do it. And the reason this... I mean, that's pretty bad, whoever you are, but it matters because he's got hundreds of millions of followers. 
Or, he did, but then he got banned from Instagram and TikTok, which I'm close to being. Right. <laughs> I'm on the same level as Andrew Tate. <laughs> they're trying to, they're, they're, the Matrix is coming for me as well. Yeah. That's yeah. his thing. He says, like, the Matrix. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, like, his whole thing. So whenever these people now get in trouble, they say the Matrix because it's, like, a faceless organization that they can just blame when really it's, like, I, that, that sounds like it's more the police because you were doing human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you can't be like the red or blue pill. Oh, what one do I take? Well, what one makes you not traffic people? <laughs> I imagine there's a whole sort of, there's millions of people now into that sort of conspiracy thing. And if they're done for anything at all, if they're caught stealing, you know, if the security guard at the co-op comes up because they've been stealing scotch eggs, they'll go, oh, the Matrix is after me. Yeah, Logan, Logan Paul, who's like a famous YouTuber used it as a thing because he bought a pig and then didn't look after it. <laughs> and then and then every and then everyone was like, fuck you, you didn't look after your pig. <laughs> well, why, why'd you buy the pig? And he was like, oh, the Matrix is after me. And it just wow. was like, no, that's the RSPCA. That's not, <laughs> that's not the Matrix. There's no agents being sent to your house and you're having to dodge bullets like Neo. It just sounds like a woman called Sharon who's come around and gone, why the fuck's your pig in a shed? You can't do this. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, oh, the forces that be. It's so much, when I was your age, the political arguments were so much simpler than was. Well, that's because you were just doing some sort of petrol scam, it turns out. <laughs> You were just having a good time. Yeah. yeah it was. You, I can't believe you sold us this like the beginning of fucking Goodfellas or something. <laughs> all my life, all I ever wanted to do was a petrol scam. <laughs> that petrol scam was all we had, Sharon. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I think everyone will agree that that's been incredibly informative, <laughs> and uh, and I think we've we're so much nearer now to thinking. Joe, this is just finally, Elliot, um, and I'm this is for the audience, and I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I still get asked, I would say, on a weekly basis by people as a result of something that you uh, shared. <laughs> Our Elliot's nuts. <laughs> okay, you say shared. I had just gone through a surgery and you went, yeah, but you're still all right for the podcast, though, don't you? We got, we've got to make up another nine minutes of this. We, you know, so, yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. Well, like, you know, I was well, it's nice, very It's nice concerned. that the, the audience care. No, no, they do. I do. I had people, someone come up to me in a, in a field somewhere in Suffolk where I was, where I was when... Uh, yeah, it's not great parenting, let's not lie. No, no, no. no. I mean, someone just come up to me in a field, which I, well, I think, which was, I wasn't even on. I was, Shappy was on and I went up there and then she, and uh, while I was sat there, someone just came over, a random farm person. Matt, seeing as you're here, I just wondered, oh, there's something I really like, uh, you know, but Elliot and his nuts. <laughs> What the fuck am I meant to respond to that? I don't know. I just, well, you know, this is your opportunity to just tell people that, you know, in the end, everything was all right. Because people are worrying. I think it's nice. The the Clarkson's farm never had this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Where he's moaning about EU reforms (laughs) on farmers and then goes, but let's end on a serious note. How are Elliot's nuts? That's what we want. Yeah, uh, yeah they're fine. They're good. They're all right. Good. Well, that's you know, that's I think <laughs> in these in these awkward days, I think some cheerful news is long 
is long overdue. So thank you so much to Elliot Steele, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you so much for listening to this special live edition of the podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. If you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, absolutely, definitely write a review and get it marked by an English teacher. If there's anything at all you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. We will look at every message that you send. If you'd like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions for as little as £2 a month, visit our Patreon page. Page, do all the things that you know by now you have to do what the fuck is going on was hosted by me mark Steele, with my guests Suze kempner and elliot Steele. voices by sarah alexander it was written by mark Steele and pete sinclair music by willie dowling produced by mike benwell what the fuck is going on was brought to you by wtf productions